Here we are in the Softy Show podcast. I have Ken Pieter with me. Ken Pieter is the head of product at Softyware, and um, I'm the CEO at Softyware. Today we're going to be talking about a number of different things, and let's jump right into it. So first, we want to talk about considerations in developing applications in the healthcare market. And Ken, you and I have spent some time with a couple different prospects on um, on healthcare type products. And they're actually pretty similar to the fintech market, but let's talk through some things in regard to considerations in building apps in that market. So um, data security, data storage, and regulatory seem to be all pretty important in the market. Yeah, it's a, it's a hot thing going on right now because of everybody getting the vaccinations and um, some more healthcare records and stuff like that that are kind of important to people with all that's going on after COVID, things of that nature. So um, I can totally see where this could be a, a space that's kind of exploding a little bit. Um, but yeah, the security obviously is key because uh, I don't know if all the viewers are aware, but there was a data breach with, uh, I don't want to call it incorrectly, was it United Healthcare or was it one of the big, one of the big ones that they had, had, yeah, when we were, uh, we were back oh, at TCA, Anthem. Anthem, yeah. See, oh, sorry, UHC, I didn't mean to call you guys out. It wasn't even you. Yeah, Anthem. Um, and that was a huge situation where um, they had to pay for uh, most of their customers to get um, some sort of, uh, uh, um, what do you call it? identity theft uh, yeah. software and, and stuff like that kind of set up. And um, yeah. not only was it for the underlying users, but also for their beneficiaries. So yeah. um, that was a huge data breach. And obviously, if you're looking into that healthcare space, data is uh, data protection and privacy is the most important thing and making sure that you have all those safeguards in place. Um, mm-hmm. On the plus side, when those mistakes happen, a lot of times there's things that are created to kind of help people learn from it. But at the same time, it's, it's the, it's huge, right? Yeah, I agree. It's it's much better to prevent breaches from happening rather than have to apologize for them later. And you know, a lot of these companies where they have these data breaches, it seems like the cure is never really a cure. It's like if someone has your social and is starting to sell it around the dark web, um, there's really nothing you can do to ever get it back. So it's uh, pretty irresponsible when companies don't take care of their data and don't take care of their their privacy and don't protect their customers' information. So, um, so yeah, data security definitely really important. And then the other area, of course, is regulatory. And we dealt with this a lot in the fintech market. But um, if you don't, and I'm not going to say I'm no I'm no expert on the regulations regarding healthcare. But um, if you don't take care of the regulations, you could really get into serious trouble and probably pay some pretty hefty fines if you don't follow the rules properly. So pretty important to, uh, to, to keep up on what, what the regulatory bodies are that you have to be privy to and then what the rules are and, and everything. You should probably hire an attorney. Yeah, my last company, um, we looked at that a lot and obviously it's a huge thing. And it, when I was doing research on it, there's a lot of places and companies that kind of help you out with that kind of thing. Um, depending on if you're obviously in the financial world, you're going to have want to protect yourself from this no matter what. Um, and there's a lot of other companies that do like audits and things like that to make sure that hey, you're passing everything and that everything's kind of in, in key. So um, it's obviously important for fintech, but just for anybody's data, really, to be honest with you, it's kind of good to have uh, either look at a, 
a source, a, a company that kind of handles that kind of thing for you or hire a, an expert that kind of can kind of guide you through that and make sure that's set up properly. Yeah, there's, there's probably people who perform consultancy for that kind of thing, you know, who are healthcare experts and healthcare consultancy. I know that in fintech, you know, we're, we certainly have the expertise. We could, we could be consultants in that area. Um, not, not sure about the current regulations and all that, but um, anyway, so, well, that sounds all good. Uh, let's shift over. Well, actually one last thing about that, and that's the user experience of healthcare apps and the user experience of, of health products in general. And um, I think people are pretty sensitive nowadays to the fact that, um, you know, with all the changes in the laws and, and all the kind of upheaval in the healthcare market, I think people are very sensitive to the fact that, that their data or, or their, uh, their healthcare records are sometimes not in their control. Um, and their options, you know, the, the options also healthcare companies really have the power like you, um, my wife has spent hours on the phone at times, um, you know, battling with the healthcare companies. Ultimately, she's been successful because she's very persistent. But I have to say, spending a couple hours on the phone is not a pleasant thing. And um, so to that effect, it seems like if you build a, a healthcare app that, it, that is really user friendly, it probably is a really kind thing that you can do for your, um, for your users. And um, might help you to gain a lot more. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, I think the old days, um, and I don't want to say the old days, but it's probably my uh, my generation and beyond was used to we're used to going to the same doctor um, for everything. So you'd have a family doctor and you'd go see them for 25, 30 years or however long and all your stuff, they knew you and every, everything that you had was there. But I think people move around and travel more and, 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 and relocate and things like that. And also there's, you know, every time you go to a Walgreens or, or King Supers or whatever, they have their, you know, you know, 15 minute checkup places or, you know, uh, automatic health. And they may not have your, your records might be valuable um, to provide to those places as well, because, you know, they might need, there might be things they need to know um, that are relevant. So mm -hmm. I think at some point in time, that kind of sharing could be useful, but obviously anytime we're sharing uh, information between different providers or different people, there's the risk, right? So I think, um, you know, people in that space obviously have to think about that, but obviously I think it's a, a nice, nice space to be in because I think it, it could be really helpful for a lot of people that are mm -hmm. not going to the same doctor all the time. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, well, let's shift over now and FinTech being our area of expertise, let's just quickly run through it. I know we've talked about this stuff before, but I don't think we could ever talk about it too much. But in FinTech, um, let's talk about a few considerations if you wanna uh, build an app in the FinTech market or a new website or new platform. So um, do you wanna just kick it off, Ken? Yeah, so obviously a lot of people are doing that now because of uh, what's going on with the markets being so volatile and crazy. and. A lot of people making money on uh, things from Reddit and different stocks and things like that that are kind of uh, going nuts right now. But, um, you know, data is important. And I think, you know, I think um, keeping track of what the future looks like and when to buy and when to sell, I think, is still new to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And um, I think there's a lot of opportunity there to kind of uh, help people along that path um, in the trade with when they're trading their individual uh, securities and stock, things like that. So, right. um, 
the great thing of the most important thing that we kind of talk about when we when, when people are building these apps is make sure it's easy, right? Make sure that if I type in a symbol or if I don't know the symbol, if I type in the name, I can get results and see my information in immediately. And if there's some kind of algorithm or something like that that needs to be performed to back test the information or to see more valuable information about it, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Top type of fundamental estimates type data that I can easily find where that is. I think that's important. Um, and most of the apps I've seen, people have been able to, to master that. And I think hopefully people aren't re reinventing the wheel and able mm -hmm. to look at some sites and see how they kind of do it. And, you know, not necessarily copy, but understand that, hey, go in and, and check some places and see how easy or how difficult it is to find your way around. Navigation is very important, so. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And uh, we've also talked in the past about data. And um, so we could just run through really quick that when it comes to stock market data, there's there's the big providers who are going to give you high quality data at a pretty hefty cost. And then there are a lot of smaller players who provide um, cheaper data. And, you know, they're, of course, competing on cost, but they also don't have the quality of the bigger providers. So that's something to be in mind, to be mindful of when you're purchasing data. And we've seen a lot of data. Um, we've seen a lot of money pass hands in data in the companies we worked for. And uh, so, you know, that would be, and we never worked with the, you know, the, the second rate providers. We were always working with the, the best data. Right. Um, in some instances though, I did always want to verify the data I was getting from the providers. So, you know, Obviously, I'd run a query on my platform and then, you know, on my SQL, if it was just coming out of the database or whatever, and then go check it against Yahoo, right? Or Bloomberg or somebody else that already has it there and say, mm -hmm. hey, does, is this right? And typically speaking, it would be okay. But, you know, there's always, there's some, sometimes there was discrepancies between the data providers and hopefully they're small, you know, discrepancies depending on the timing and the other, some other factors and things like that, that we're looking at. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, for corporate actions and things like that, I think it's very important to make sure that you at least have a good understanding of how those are being recorded and make sure that they kind of are in line with other places that uh, have that type of data. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And, um, and then, of course, regulatory is also a big concern in the fintech market. And, um, you know, I, I know that you were in a stock brokerage at one point a long, long time ago, and, and I was as well. So in the early 2000s, I worked at a stock brokerage in Dallas and um, I also got my licensing and, uh, you know, I was starting to try to do a little marketing and, and I learned firsthand that when you try to market your money-making ideas, you know, in the stock market, um, your compliance department is going to be very harsh on, on any ideas you have. Anything that sounds remotely like you're making some sort of promise or guarantee, um, you know, it seems like the only people who can make promises and guarantees is the annuity market, which I've never really understood, but... Um, anyway, so have you had any experiences in that regard a long, long time ago, or is that more, um, um yeah, that's been the case. Um, you know, a lot of, you know, obviously things have changed a lot. And I think once, once we've moved over to the quantitative side of things, um, that kind of, um, was different because it was like you were using something you were using, getting a ton of data and using more math and stock than picking stock, I think, um, which I think was is an amazing space to be in. Um, and I think over a long period of time, I think it's, it's really a good way to go. But again, I'm not an expert. So there's, you know, people are making, you know, um, millions of dollars right now off uh, GameStop. So 
<laughs> if you can get that one hit, maybe it's like winning the lottery. So I don't know. I don't, I mean, you know, I think and that's what the, that's what they pay the financial advisors and representatives for. And some people are great asset gatherers and great at talking to people and buy their strategies from somebody else. Mm-hmm. And, you know, anything, anytime you look at investing in a strategy, you want to see how it's done over time. And sometimes they'll have predictive models to show you how it's going to do. And, right. you know, obviously it's kind of based off of the now and nobody really can predict the future hundred percent. So, yeah. Yep. And again, on regulatory, um, the important thing is just to be aware of the particulars of what your app or your company is planning to do in the way you're working with people, you know, either you're going to be, um, you're going to be the financial advisor or you're working with people who are going to be the financial advisors or you're going to um, play it so that nothing that you're doing is any sort of financial advice. And so then you don't have to be a financial advisor, but there's a lot of different nuances um, regarding the way your app's going to work, the way it's going to help people. And uh, so I would just stress that you should probably hire an attorney who's, who's uh, experienced in these kind of things and know it's not going to be cheap. And um, you should also probably have consulting um, with people who know, maybe bring in some people. It seems like you should, you yourself should be a FinTech expert. And if not, you should bring someone in to help you who has a FinTech background. So, um, so that you don't run afoul of, of the rules and regulations and all that. Right. And make sure your data provider use them. They're your best resource for that because ultimately even though they're giving their data to you, they know you're probably going to redistribute or redistribute it or, or display it somehow. And, um, you know, when, when that's, their, that's their name is on that as well. So they want to make sure that you're well protected and doing all the right things to stay in compliance. So Right, right. Yeah. And, um, okay, well, let's switch over, Ken. And I, I want to just say that if, if someone wants to watch our full podcast on data, um, then I'll, I'm going to link it in the video with a little card. And then also if they wanna watch our full podcast on building FinTech apps and considerations and trading apps, um, then I'm gonna have all those cards either right here right now or at the end of the video. So, um, and then the last thing I wanna talk about today, Ken, and this is something that we've run into a couple times in the past six or so months. And it was one with a client and then another is a prospect who we hope becomes a client, but um, where they're using a platform that they, need for their business. In, in both cases, these people are really um, married to these platforms. They are, they are right, they're, they're kind of stuck with these platforms that they're using. So these platforms have all their data and, um, and they are com- completely essential for the running of their business, right? And um, so in those two cases, those people approached us about, about um, building those apps for them. To, so basically figuring out what those features are that they need and then building apps that are, are that mirror those functionalities. And um, I've also seen a lot on, um, you know, when looking around at software development um, projects, people looking to build um, a clone of some social media app or a clone of this platform, a clone of that platform. Um, we we also talked with a company last year where we, we built an app for them. Um, they, they were hoping it was gonna be a clone of some, you know, some, I think it was an HR, an HR type software, but um, so just jump in there with, with what you think are some important considerations. If you're going to be cloning an app that probably costs a lot of money to build, um, you know, what, what do you think would be the starting point to, to be thinking about doing that? 
Right. So yeah, you want to definitely, you know, figure out um, the internet, you know, have all the information about how the app works and um, you know, what makes it go. I think um, you'll probably have to, if you don't have, you don't have to have the exact data from the app, but you probably need to have some sort of sense of the data in the application and create your own, even if it's just dummy data for the time being, um, mm -hmm. to make sure that your new app can kind of function the same way as the as the old one, as the previous one did. And then, um, you know, if you're going to, let's say it's an app that you use for your business every day, but you want to build your own, um, make sure you do it in unison, right? You want to be able to um, build one that's kind of like the one that's going that's kind of use you're kind of using, and then test it, test it, test it like crazy to make mm -hmm. sure that when it's done, it works like the new one does. So that when when you make the switch, um, mm -hmm. you don't have any. There's no risk in the fact that you're going to uh, have lose functionality or it's not going to work yeah. the same as it did before. And you know it should take it should be a prog process, right? You should mm -hmm. test pieces at a time, and you know maybe move over some of your business a little bit, a little bit instead of the entire thing and just kind of flip the switch as the best advice I can give. And I think a lot of people do that. I think a lot of people see something that and they like the way something functions, but they think they can improve on it or make it simpler or make it, or make it more customizable for their use. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's, you know, we get a lot of great innovation that way um, with technology. Yeah. yeah and um, something that, that I've seen, is people have a fixed budget. So they'll be like, I want to spend $1,500 and I want to clone Twitter, you know? And so, so literally, and we're talking about Twitter where I, I don't know how many tens or hundreds of millions of dollars it costs to build Twitter, but the current version of Twitter costs a whole lot of money to build. The current right. version of Facebook, the current version of Instagram, right? All these apps, we're talking about apps that cost tens to hundreds of millions of dollars where the money was going down the hole right and um so then they don't don't so i would i would caution people that it's a lot more it's probably going to cost you a lot more than you're thinking and um you know there are some scripts out there like cl clone scripts i don't know if you've seen those before but um uh like on co canyon um and i don't i haven't bought a script for a long time it's been like 10 years since i bought a script on on co canyon but um they used to have like a Twitter clone, a Facebook clone, you know, it was like meant to be kind of a starting point. So maybe that's something you can start with if you want to clone more, uh, you know, some popular site. Um, but getting back to a company that's using an application and wants to build that application from scratch, I would say that the MVP approach is super important. And the reason it's super important is um, that you can get estimate, estimate on different pieces of the application. And then you can get built, like you were saying, get built the, the crucial essential parts that you need to run your business. And then you can leave some of the other stuff for later. And if you want it built, then um, you, know, you can pay for that later, but, um, but for your current needs, then maybe it's better to just get an MVP version built. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I can't agree with you more on that. Yeah. Great. Um, cool. So uh, I guess that's it, Ken. It's, I guess a shorter podcast today. So we'll just, uh, we'll cut it there. And uh, tomorrow I have an interesting interview with Mark, Mark Nelson, who um, was, is the president and CEO of Equium, who both of us have worked for. And uh, so that should be a really interesting interview tomorrow with Mark. So I, I uh, encourage everyone to listen to that.
Yes, absolutely. It's great to look, listen to somebody that's been successful and in, in, in a startup business and hear their ideas and insights and stuff like that. I'm looking forward to that one. Totally. Yeah. All right. Thanks a lot, Ken. Talk to you soon. See you later, Tim. Bye. Okay, yeah, bye.